Hi there. Welcome to Project Next, the podcast that demystifies the future of marketing and communications. I'm your host, Brian Martin. Every week, I'll be sitting down with some of the smartest people I know. People are doing cool things in technology for marketing and communications. People are doing futuristic work today. You can consider this your Spotify playlist for all types of exciting new thinking and doing. Today, we're talking purpose. Some would call it corporate social responsibility, or CSR. Some would call it cause marketing. Call it what you will, it has become the centerpiece of a lot of the most interesting things happening for brands and businesses. There are few people who have thrown themselves into purpose with as much gusto as our guest has, Max Lenderman. Welcome, Max. Great to be here. Max, you're the founder and CEO of School, a purpose-led strategic and creative consultancy. School, by the way, is part of the Project Worldwide network of agencies. You were purpose-driven from day one, Max, having joined the Peace Corps right out of college. You began your career as a journalist and quickly segued into experiential marketing programs before launching School. And now you've worked with big brands such as Nike, Hershey's, as well as the United Nations, and even the Pope. Can you tell us about that journey? Well, yeah. You know, I think... Uh My original intent when I went to university was to become a diplomat, which was rooted in the the notion that there was a way for me to help others and to create bridges between cultures. And one of the reasons I went to the Peace Corps was to try to be as empathetic as possible to cultures that I had absolutely no exposure to. And I think that level of empathy has been kind of like a through line through a lot of the work. And one of the reasons why I gravitated to experiential was because it was, quote-unquote, a human-centric medium. It was rooted in the notion of humans talking to humans rather than messages bombarding eyeballs. And you have to remember, we used to be in an industry where success was measured in eyeball impressions. Uh, And so I kind of wanted to um, create more of a human body to my work than just, just the eyeball piece. And so getting into experiential taught me that there's a lot of opportunity in creating campaigns and creating experiences that help people. Even a a simple sample could probably help people if you wanted to really split hairs. But then, you know, there's things like sponsorship activation and pop-up retail and surprise and delight type of formats where the more successful we were in doing those, the more I was seeing how delighted people were and how we could actually change lives slightly for the better. And I think the big light bulb came on for me when I was at Crispin Port in Bogusky, and we were working on American Express Small Business Saturday. And, you know, at the surface level, it was obviously a very successful promotional multi-year campaign. But then right below it was this awesome insight about actually helping small businesses and actually creating sales velocity that could help small business owners' kids go to college or allow them to retire without worry or are those things. And so I was really interested in that part of the campaign. And working on that afterwards, it was really apparent how much the agency was energized by that campaign rather than, you know, working on a five ninety nine two topping deal for an unnamed pizza brand. And not to disparage that work, I think that work was really breakthrough as well. But you could just tell that, you know, especially the younger folks at the agency, they were really into this kind of purpose element to the campaign. And right around that time, Dove Real Beauty Sketches won practically every award at Con, uh, and so did Dumb Ways to Die. It was like kind of like a seminal year. I think it was 2013. 
And here I was in the shower, uh, getting ready for work. And I had this kind of epiphany of like, wait a minute, it seems like younger talent, creative talent wants to work on purpose-led work. It seems like purpose-led work seems to be winning a lot of creative awards. And lo and behold, I kind of remembered, yeah, I used to be a Peace Corps volunteer, right? Like I used to do that. Why can't I do that in my career now as much as I did that after university? So this kind of confluence of things led me to say and start researching is there an opportunity for more direct purpose-led work so it's not a, a campaign one-off, but something that could be systematic and, and platformized? And would brands and creative people want to work on it? And I think everything pointed in the right direction to see that culture was moving into this place where people wanted brands to start becoming more active in social impact and become more active in giving back to their consumers and really elevating the notion of corporate social responsibility as a creative element and not just something that's stuck in, you know, page 40 in the, in the quarterly reports um, and seeing if we can elevate that into real creative work. Okay, great. So you started school and you're focusing on purpose. And are you focusing on purpose as a way to win more awards? Or are you focusing on it because there's something bigger happening in society? We have a somewhere written but an unwritten rule at school that we do not enter awards, uh, any awards. One of the reasons for that is when you're trying to be an empathetic agent, and I'm not going to say agency, but uh, an agent of change that, that tries to create human connection and human centricity, ego should not get in the way. And I think the chase for awards and the measurement of good creativity through awards kind of precludes that balance for empathy. Uh, and so we measure success basically mostly on social impact, you know, awesome stories of, of lives being changed, and ROI from, from the client's perspective. So if the client wants to win awards internally, whether it's sales metrics or awareness or brand affinity or whatnot, we're all good with that. But as school, as, as the shop that I run, we don't chase those. Cool. You wrote something that I read recently that said, I think it was 50 to 60% of companies have formal CSR programs now. Why are companies not creating CSR programs? What's holding them back? I think one of the biggest reasons is budget. And the second reason is time. There's like somewhat of an informal analogy, I guess you would say, that people say brands have all the budget, no meaning. Corporate social responsibility departments have all the meaning and no budget. And it really has been very recently, I would say in two or three years, where the idea has germinated that, hey, we can actually start telling stories about ourselves based upon corporate social responsibility wins and what we do in society and in culture. That said, a lot of the executives that run corporate social responsibility programs, especially for the larger multi-brand kind of enterprises, they're also working on other things. So it's very rarely do I find what I call a chief purpose officer, right? Someone whose sole job is to try to connect the corporate social responsibility element with brand building. A lot of times, corporate social responsibility lies with corporate communications, and their mindset is on what's happening today. Um, and they're not really looking at brand health, they're looking at corporate health and, and how the press is talking about them or how investors or stakeholders are viewing the company. And so it kind of gets lost in the shuffle. Um, the corporate social responsibility has a massive potential in order to show the world what a company stands for. And yet, I don't think it has the budgetary weight in order to create those kinds of campaigns 
uh, at the moment in order to tell the world what it really is. So what should a corporate communications executive do to begin a good CSR program? I think it all starts with intentionality, quite frankly. You know, I think we have a question that we tend to ask in, very early on in, in the interview process or just in, in the chemistry meetings, and we ask, what's your enemy? And if the enemy is lagging sales, the competition, you know, things that are more immediately ROI-based, we have really hard conversations because what we're really looking for is your enemy is apathy. Uh, your enemy is uh, lack of education. Your enemy is no time for parents to make informed decisions, right? Like, they're higher-level questions that need to be answered. And so intentionality really from a corporate social responsibility element is, are you really going to try to create social impact? Or are you just basically trying to mine a little bit of margin here and there uh, using this as a lever? And if it's kind of short-term and not human-centric and more derivative of sales goals, you're going to run into problems because culture will sniff that out. So I think if you really want to elevate and activate your corporate social responsibility program, you really have to start with the right intention. And that right intention usually isn't self-serving. Uh, it's usually, you know, kind of world-serving or culture-serving first. Companies that are doing CSR well see it as a competitive advantage. A hundred percent. And, you know, the standard bearer right now, if I could think of one, is uh, Unilever, right? When they came out with the Sustainable Living Plan, years ago, I think it might have been eight years ago or six years ago, what they really did is say, okay, we are going to create a way of being based upon all the things that we're doing from a corporate social responsibility standpoint. And we're going to imbue our brands with that spirit. And we're going to launch brands with that spirit. Uh, and so it, CSR didn't really become, again, kind of like a donational element that you see in your annual report. It really became something that they wanted to spread through all their brand teams. And the last I heard, I think the majority of Unilever's growth in the past three, four years has been through the brands that they've either incubated or repositioned as more purpose-based, whether it's sustainability, whether it's education, whether it's health, water usage, et cetera. They've really kind of turned on its head what corporate social responsibility can be uh, and is showing the world that it can be really successful. Unilever is obviously doing CSR right. Who else is doing it right and at large scale? Well, you know, I think you have to delineate between purpose-native brands, which means kind of like brands that have started with purpose from the beginning, and then, you know, purposeful brands that are trying to become more purposeful, right? So the purpose-native brands I can think of is obviously like Tom Shoes and Warby Parker, Patagonia, REI. Um, you know, the stuff that REI is doing with Opt Outside and um, great, campaign. <clears throat> great campaign, won a ton of awards, and even now, you know, kind of becoming a little bit more political around the notion of, of land usage and environmentalism. You know, but they were always about that anyway. I think the inception for REI or Patagonia has always been to protect the outdoors. And then there's kind of the, the brands that are becoming more purposeful and doing a really great job doing it. Airbnb, for instance. Um, I think... They realized that they weren't a tech company that basically allowed people to couch surf. What they really were was an empathy-establishing human connection company because, quite frankly, nothing connects humans more if, you know, when they use each other's bathrooms, right, and, <laughs> and can read the books on the bookshelf when they walk into their place. 
And so the work that they do with helping refugees, for instance, is, is a pretty amazing. Uh, the work that they do in terms of creating connections between disparate cultural groups is really cool. And then there's these organizations and, and companies that use their inherent largesse and inherent infrastructure to become more purposeful is really interesting to watch. Um, Anheuser-Busch, you know, they had a TVC on, on the Super Bowl about giving water to natural disasters. Well, that's awesome because what they're really saying is we have this infrastructure. We use a lot of water to make beer. We have a lot of distribution to deliver it. And we know that when we get to the ground, we have basically local support when we do it. Now, the interesting part about that, other than that Super Bowl commercial, is they don't really chest thump uh, about it, right? They mm -hmm. don't want to seem so self-serving. But I recently learned that they've been doing relief efforts since 1906, since the San Francisco earthquake. Wow. Uh, and so there's a number of kind of flow of purpose, whether it's, you know, you start from the get-go and you want to. Tesla is another one that kind of you could think of as, as a brand that is purpose-ingrained because he quite honestly wants to save the planet um, or wants people to escape our planet. I'm not sure which one. But, uh, you know, all the way down to kind of these companies and large brands who are seeing the value of giving back to society based upon the things that they do really well. And what about a company like Nike? Like the Colin Kaepernick ad received great acclaim, and I know it stopped me dead the moment I first saw it, and it's had a huge effect on their business. I've heard anything from 30 to 60% in business growth following the running of that campaign. And yet, as I look at it, I wonder, is that a really good product marketing ad? Or is it an example of a company-wide CSR program? I think it could be both. I don't, I don't think it's binary. And I think the best purpose-led campaigns and platforms do both. You know, we can get to Nike in a second, but the one brand that I think has done purpose incredibly well from the get-go and turned it into a purpose brand is Dove, right? And, and the whole notion of real beauty and, and self-esteem and et cetera. And other brands, like Always and Like a Girl, has picked up that mantle. And now the brand basically uses that CSR platform as its go-to market idea. So Dove Real Beauty becomes a company-wide, brand-wide, international, multi-year CSR program that actually is a creative one that moves the needle. I think the Nike Kaepernick campaign is very similar. You know, it, it's yet to be seen whether they're going to make this into a platform, so to speak, a multi-year platform, because right now, as any great brand does, they seize on the cultural moment, right? They seize on the, on the conversation in society and take a stand and, and place themselves outside the competition and outside the, basically, the discussion around shoes or apparel and more into societal norms and values, which I think is the pinnacle of great marketing, right? Like it's, it's taking you totally outside a category, totally taking you outside of consumer and really places you in a cultural nationwide conversation. I believe that if Nike follows through on this and really becomes a champion of fearlessness and self-expression and, you know, kind of the ability to connect athleticism and internal greatness with taking a stand against, whether you believe it or not, injustice or cultural division or just kind of that wall of fear of standing out or standing up for something. 
if this becomes the rally cry for Nike this year, next year, the year after, then I think it's going to be one of the biggest purpose campaigns ever. And it's amazing to see that, like, as you referenced, 60% sales lift from a print ad, right, or in a digital ad, and just taking a stand how that can elevate the brand outside of all the categories that it plays in. But I'd love also to see what Nike does for the non-Colin Kaepernick's, right, for the unsung Colin Kaepernick's, if they're willing to take a stand for those as well and create that authenticity, then culture will react in a really permissive and kind of rah-rah way for Nike, and it becomes the next just do it. I think that's the power of purpose. It could transcend almost all marketing norms and become such a huge cultural statement and testament that a brand can actually begin solving problems that government can't, that NGOs can't that individuals can't, but because of its collective power, whether it's messaging power, brand power, influencer power, when it can harness all that to actually take a stand, I think it could be astronomically successful. It was great how Nike seized the cultural moment with the Kaepernick ad, but another brand at the same time, Levi's, came out with a stand against gun violence. Chip Berg, the CEO, made that announcement right around the same time. Is that an equally effective program? I think so. That example is a really great example of a company and a brand listening to and understanding its audience and really kind of anthropomorphizing their audience, their consumers' values into the brand values. And so you have to understand who wears Levi's, right? It's, it's young kids. It's kids who are paying attention to the Parkland shooting, kids who are really kind of understanding that they are on the cusp of affecting really big change, like the moment they hit 18 or the moment they hit 21. They understand this. And just parenthetically uh, and anecdotally, when I was traveling around Europe this past summer, I mean, I must have counted 500 to 600 instances of someone wearing a Levi's T-shirt with the brand. Um, Mm. And it reminded me of kind of like Harley Davidson, right? Like it wasn't fatty, uh, fad. A-D, not (laughs) T-T-Y. It wasn't just a fad. It was a billboard, like a stand. It was an expression of solidarity, in my opinion, right? And I think that the Levi's example is one of those things, whether it's corporate social responsibility, purpose marketing or not, it's just a wonderful example of a brand accepting and taking on the values of its core customers and its core consumers and listening to them and being rewarded for doing so. It's interesting to see how young people were reacting to Levi's and using that as a banner, so to speak. I'm curious about the generations of young people, though. There's the millennials, there's Gen Z. And are there differences in those two groups and how they react to purpose campaigns? That's a great question. Um, Yes, there are differences. On the one hand, if you look at studies like um, Edelman's report or Carol Cohn's, the Cohn report, you can see that Gen Z has a higher expectation of brands to do good in the world. And those are slight differences. I mean, we're talking about two or three percentage points the last time I saw. However, what we see also is millennials tend to be more idealistic. And so there's this pragmatism that we're seeing creeping up in Gen Z. They understand that companies still need to make money and still need to create profit and still need to do the marketing that they always do. Having said that, both Gen Z and millennials, recent studies show, wouldn't care if 90% of all brands disappear, 
right? And so both these generations are making brand choices that badge these generations around more meaningful, more purposeful reasons to exist. And so if a brand's sole reason to exist is to make more money, that pragmatism goes out the window. It's an interesting dynamic. And I think also the other dynamic that's affecting Gen Z over millennials is they're now kind of realizing, Gen Z is, that they hold a lot of power in terms of affecting real social change, Uh, whether it's from a political standpoint, whether it's from a consumer standpoint or a cultural standpoint. They feel a lot more empowered than millennials do in order to basically force their values onto culture. And so I think you're going to see Gen Z become a lot more active in how they respond to terrible, you know, brand marketing and how they would also support and applaud really good brand marketing. So given the strength of purpose in the millennial and Gen Z audience, what's next in the world of CSR? I think that one of the things that we're seeing that's going to be occurring is more and more brands are going to be looking for purpose as not only a differentiator against the competition, but also as a way to acquire great talent. One of the things that both Gen Z and millennials share is they don't want to work for companies that don't have some sort of inherent meaning or some sort of inherent purpose. They don't want to do nine to fives. As a matter of fact, a lot of Gen Z is eschewing university because they want to go out and see the world. And not to close the loop on how we started this podcast, but they want to go see the world because whether they like it or not, to become more empathetic to the world's problems. And so brands and companies are going to be looking at CSR not just as an activational element to sell more stuff, but I think HR is going to be looking at CSR and asking itself, how do we elevate that story when we recruit great talent? The other thing that I'm seeing is almost on a multi-brand level, if you're a you know, Hershey or Wilson or Nike or whatnot, you have lots of different brands. And all these brands have causes that they support, right? One could be Susan G. Komen, another one could be Boys and Girls Club, a third could be Play 60 or whatnot, United Way, all that. And I think really good corporate social responsibility programs are going to try to figure out how to bring everything together into one cohesive way. And so what we're seeing is there's a transference from cause to purpose, right? Cause usually is an element of a monetary donation, and it usually is something that goes against something, right? So we support a cause against cancer. We support a cause against deforestation. We support a cause against illiteracy, right? Whereas purpose is what can we do in culture in order to create more healthy human beings so cancer prevalence goes down? What can we do in culture so whether it's innovation or whatnot, so we don't need to use as many trees. What can we do in culture, right? So its purpose is more stands for something. It tries to not react against something. And I think more and more kind of successful and forward-thinking brands are going to be looking at all these different pieces that their brands support and are trying to figure out, okay, what's the cohesive umbrella under which this can live? And that actually drives the value of the company, and not like monetary value. I'm talking about like the ethos and the ethics and the the inherent value. You know, what digital did 20 years ago is it allowed people to choose brands based upon their own personal preferences. What purpose is doing is it allows people to choose brands based upon their own personal values. 
what they believe the world should look like. And so CSR, by combining all these different cause marketing and creating a purpose platform, actually, like we said, anthropomorphizes a brand uh, and shows the world what it stands for, what its values are. And people will react to that a lot more than just a message. And so CSR has, has that capability of bringing the separate pieces together into a cohesive story. So Max, what's next for you? Great question. You know, one of the things and one of the reasons why our shop is called School is we really want to teach the power of purpose, but probably more importantly, teach the intention of purpose. And so we have a, an internship program that we've graduated about 80 people into other agencies where they go and, and start their career with us, but then basically get inoculated with purpose or infected, I should say, uh, with purpose. And then they go out into, you know, large agencies of the world and hopefully as strategists or creatives can actually start influencing from within. So I'd love to actually elevate that a lot more. I'd love to get more and more younger people to be enthusiastic about our industry, to be enthusiastic about the power of brands and their impact on social and cultural conversation and really create a groundswell of younger people coming back to our industry, coming back to you know, brand building and marketing through a purposeful lens, not just through a creative one or a strategic one. And as we know, there's some problems in terms of attracting and retaining talent in our industry. And I think purpose would be one of those really awesome levers in order to kind of get that juice back. And I think purpose is a very juicy thing to, to give. And Max, we at Project Worldwide are glad that you're part of our network, helping our clients build purpose into their cultures. Thank you for joining us today, Max. Thank you for having me. It was awesome. That was Max Lenderman. And thank you for listening to this edition of Project Next. Until next time, I'm Brian Martin. This Christmas, ditch the partridge and the turtle doves and embrace the pigeon. That's hot. Will Smith. There's a bad guy. And now I have to try to stop him while being a bird. And Tom Holland. Lucky for you, I'm your wingman. Uh, nah, I'm good. In the high-flying action comedy, Slides in Disguise. In cinemas now.